Amen. Well, we enjoyed the meal today, and uh, thank the Lord for the good time. And uh, I ate enough ham to spike my blood pressure real good. And so I hope y'all did as well. And uh, does does you good and get your blood pressure up every every now and then. Amen. And so enjoy the good times. It's just been a good day in the house of the Lord. And I appreciate the good singing and what the Lord has done for us tonight. If you're able to stand with us, uh, James chapter number four tonight. James chapter number four. And uh, I don't have a very lengthy message at all, but uh, just what uh, the Lord has impressed on our heart to preach tonight. Let me mention this while you're turning. Uh, we do have these coming up in February. We have what we call a Grace Given Sunday, which is where we uh, make our faith promise pledges and giving uh, for faith promise. And I have these uh, handouts here. They're at Miss Donna's desk. If you uh, give to faith promise, if you what I mean by that, if you give weekly or monthly or however you give, uh, to help support our missionaries. I want you to pick one of these up. You don't have to wait until that Sunday to decide what you're going to give. Uh, if you'll pray about it, ask God, you can keep this. It has a handout here. It tells you all about grace giving. Maybe you don't know what it is. You can pick it up, and it's all about missions, and read it. And there's a part you can tear off. You can put your name if you'd like to. If you don't want to put your name, you don't have to. Uh, but you, if you want to keep up with your giving throughout the year, if you'll put your name there and just circle the amount that God has uh, laid on your heart to give by His grace. It is not a pledge. It is a promise. Meaning by that, if God sends it in, then you'll give it to for this for grace giving for missions. Amen. I promise you, God will send in whatever He lays on your heart. Amen. And I want you to pray about that. If you've never been involved in it, then you ought to get involved in it. Amen. And uh, we support, I think, about fifty nine mission projects, and we want to thank God for that, for the privilege to be able to get the gospel around the world to people that have never heard what we have. Amen. What we enjoy every Sunday, uh, there are people that's never heard it for the first time. So that's what this is about. So I encourage you to get one of these, look it over, read it, read it, read it carefully, study it, and pray over it, and then then uh, fill it out and turn it into uh, Miss Donna or Brother Dave, Brother David Wilson, and we will keep up with it on that Sunday. We will announce uh, what our total of grace giving is uh, for the year projected. All right, James chapter number four and verse number one tonight. The Bible says, From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourn and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go in such a city and continue 
there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For there you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live or and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Lord, we ask you tonight to bless the reading of thy word. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us these next few moments tonight. Give us the vocabulary and the words to say. I pray that you'll speak to every heart tonight. Lord, I ask you tonight to help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. And, oh God, we pray that you'll be glorified in all that will be said and done. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice in James chapter number 4 that what James is dealing with throughout the book as well as in this chapter here is he is dealing with several different types and different kinds of sins. Uh, James is simply uh, dealing with the pollution and the solution of the human heart in chapter number four. And he is pointing out the struggles that we all experience in uh, the Christian life. Now, if you want to get closer to God, I encourage you tonight, go home this week and read the book of James, amen? Because he deals with the lack of faith, he deals with the tongue, he deals with no faith and no works, and he deals with honoring those above others. There's a lot of things that James deals with within this uh, within this book. But there's three things tonight uh, that James is going to give us in chapter number four. And the purpose of chapter 4 is simply this. James is trying to flush out a lot of the sins of the flesh in order that the people of God might be on a pathway that is headed to power. Amen? I think the church, is, if it's done anything, it's lost the power of God in these last days. Amen? Too many churches are operating in the energy of the flesh rather than in demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. And with that thought in mind tonight, I want to preach on this subject, on the pathway to power. Amen. The pathway to power. Amen. Brother, if there's anything we need, we need God's power. We need it in the preaching. We need it in the singing. We need it in the worship service. We need power to soul win and power to pass out tracts. We need power to live from day to day, to live a clean and pure life that would be honored and would be pleasing unto God. We need the power of God. Amen. You cannot manufacture the power of God. I know a lot of places are trying to do that, but brother, power Power only comes from above, amen? It doesn't matter how many programs, how many plans or promotions uh, that we have going on in our church, there is no substitute for God's power working amongst the saints, amen? So when we think about that tonight, there's three things that's involved uh, concerning this pathway that leads to power. I wanna say first of all tonight, if you and I are gonna have the power of God on this pathway of power, it involves number one, the, a disarmament, of the flesh, amen? In other words, we must disarm this mortal flesh. We must take away the ability for this flesh to rule and to reign in our lives, amen? You see, now that you and I are saved, we no longer have to live under the power of sin. We can live in the power and the presence of God. We don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. We don't have to lose the victory and live a defeated life, but God wants every one of us that are saved tonight to live our life in victory 
victory rather than in defeat. Amen? And if we're, if we're gonna do that, we're gonna have to deal with the flesh. Amen? You see what the, uh, what the book of James does is it cuts away the flesh. What preaching does is it cuts away the flesh from our life. Now the flesh doesn't like that. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, I may have not said anything that would upset you or bother you right now, but I promise you if you sit here long enough, if you and I sit under preaching long enough, there's gonna be some things said from time to time that's gonna irritate this flesh. This flesh is not gonna like it because this flesh doesn't wanna live for God. This flesh doesn't wanna serve God. But if we're gonna have victory in our life, we're gonna have to crucify the flesh and surrender to the will of God. Amen. Now, you can go to a good church all your life. You can carry a King James Bible. You can have the right convictions and the right standards. And you can have, uh, you can know all the right lingo. You can learn how to sing and learn how to shout and never have any victory in your life. Because it's not what we do that brings the power of God. If you don't remember nothing else, remember this. It is not what we do that brings the power of God. It is total surrender to God's will that brings the power of God. Friend, if it was what we do, and many mistake that, it would make Pharisees out of every one of us. We would boast in our ability. We would boast in what we do. We would think that the more we do, the more God's gonna bless us. But I wanna tell you something tonight. Listen, simply putting the flesh on the cross, uh, taking the flesh off the throne of your life and surrendering and let the Holy Spirit have complete and control, uh, complete control of your life, that's how you have victory and you walk in victory is you got to crucify crucify the flesh daily. That's what Paul said. He said, I die daily. Amen. Uh, listen, I have to die every day. You have to die every day. That means my wants have to die. I have to die. My desires have to die. My ambitions have to die. Everything that I want to do has to die. And it has to be God's will and God's way in order for me to have real victory in my life. Amen. Now, God knows I'm going to fail. God knows I'm going to mess up. He knows I'm going to mis make mistakes. Uh, and nobody can live a perfect life. Can I get an amen right there? Now, I met a few Baptists that thought they were living perfect, but they were wrong. Amen. They were quick at judging everybody else's sin and talking about everybody else's failures, but they felt like they were doing everything just right. I'll be the first one to tell you tonight, I don't do everything that's right. I wished I did, but I fail God. But I'm glad there's mercy. I'm glad there's grace. But listen, just because I fail doesn't mean I'm not surrendered to God because when I fail, I say, dear Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry that I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I failed you. I don't want to fail you, and God, it grieves me as much as it grieves you. Would you show me mercy and God always shows mercy amen but then you don't stop there you say to your flesh you're not going to rule my life you're not going to call the shots you're not going to have your way it's not what you want anymore you've been bought with a price so you need to sell out and surrender to God and be dead to yourself and be alive to Jesus Christ amen the disarming of the flesh simply means this tonight those that do not disarm the flesh the Bible says very clearly that they fuss and they fight with the brethren look what he says from whence cometh wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence even of your own lust at war in your members. You know why this crowd couldn't get along in verse number one? Because they were walking in the flesh rather than in the spirit. Now you know anytime you get somebody in your church and all they want to do is fuss and gripe and grumble about everything, you mark it down, they're a backslid saved person. Somebody say amen. I started to say Christian, but there's no such thing as a backslid Christian, is there? 
Hey, listen, those that all the time want to fuss and they, they want to stir up trouble. I don't think we have anybody here like that, but like I said, this is preach on everything month in, in January, amen? And so we might as well nail it down real good. But you've been to them churches and I have too. And listen, they some folks, listen, in 25 years, they've had 26 pastors. Uh, I mean, they can't, listen, never be satisfied. They can't never follow leadership. They can't never get under it. Hey, God's not anywhere around that mess. Can I get an amen? Because if there's fussing and fighting and arguing and warring going on, listen, the Holy Spirit will not bless a church that cannot get along with each other. Amen? I'm talking about those uh, are pictures of the flesh. You see, a spiritual man will learn to bite his tongue. Amen? Boy, I hit a snub right there, didn't I? Big old stump must have. You know what you do when you hit a stump? You back up and come again, don't you? I'm telling you, friend, listen, the tongue, the Bible says it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison and no man can tame this tongue. I mean, this tongue is a world of sin right here and we may look right on the outside. I've seen people that they dress right, they did everything right, so to speak, you know, on the outside, but I'll tell you what, they had a tongue and they gossiped and they talked about people and they stirred up church trouble. I'm telling you, friend, that ought not be in the house of God. If anybody ought to be to get along, it ought to be God's people, amen? You don't have to do everything like me and I don't have to do everything like you. You don't have to part your hair the same way I probably part my hair, amen? But I'm telling you, some of you don't have hair to part. But I'm telling you, it doesn't make no difference tonight. We ought to just get along and love one another, amen? That's not liberal tonight, is it? For God is love and God is not liberal. But I'm telling you, if you're going to disarm the flesh, you'll end the fussing and the fighting. Amen? They were fighting with the brethren. They were fleshly in their desires. Look what he said in verse number two. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have, but you cannot uh, obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You see, this is a group of people that they're trying to live their life, gathering up anything and everything they can but they can't never obtain what it is they're wanting to obtain. Do you realize tonight, if you don't live for God, you're never gonna be blessed in this life. You can go to church, you can be set under good preaching, but until you learn to surrender your will to God's will, you're never gonna really enjoy life the way God intended for you to enjoy it, amen? Now, some people can't get a hold of that. They think that the pleasures of the world is gonna make them happy. They think that money is gonna make them happy. And I'm not talking about lost people tonight, I'm talking about saved people. There's nothing wrong with being blessed financially, but chasing the dollar, we can't live for that. And I will tell you, most people I know that chases, that chases the dollar never have anything, but they just keep chasing after it. I think God blesses some people financially because he knows it's not as big of a deal to them as what it is to other people. But you can learn to be broke and still be happy. Somebody say, man, you don't gotta have the latest and greatest uh, uh, toys or, or, or trinkets or whatever it is that's coming out. I'm not telling you that it's wrong to have nice things, uh, but it's so wrong for things uh, to have you and for you to be consumed uh, with the things of this world, amen. You know, there's some things I drive down the road and I see and I think, man, wouldn't it be nice to have one of those? And then I look at it a second time and I think, no, because then I got to wash it and I got to get a trailer to pull it around on and then I got to worry about somebody scratching it. Come on now. I think, you know what? More power to you. Amen. That's the way I feel about it. 
I see people, man, they're coming down the road and they got an F-250. It's all chromed out. It's all jacked up. I'm telling you, they got a muffler on it. I mean, I'm talking about, they got a muffler on it. I mean, it looks like a smokestack coming out the side of that thing. And they're, listen, coming down the road, barreling at, listen, 95 miles an hour and behind that. Listen, they got a big old trailer and they got all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Expensive stuff. And it's all, it's all strapped on the back of it. And they're driving like if they wreck, it ain't no problem. I'm telling you, friend, if I had stuff like that, I'd have it bubble wrapped. I'd have styrofoam around it. I'd have, listen, the U.S. Army escorting me for there their to and back. But they drive as if it's not anything. You know what? Listen, I'm listen, if that's what they want, help yourself. And I'm telling you, friend, just give me a little place beside the road somewhere. Give me a good church to go to. Let me live for God in these last days. You don't gotta have everything to be happy, friend. I'm just telling you, the things that bring real lasting joy has nothing to do with the material things of this world, amen. Sit around the table with your family and have your family, that's riches that money cannot buy. I'm telling you tonight, if you're gonna if you're gonna have on this pathway of power, you're gonna have to learn to let go of some things in life. If you really want the power of God, I'm not telling you you can't have a nice uh, house. I'm not telling you if you've got a nice bass boat to that sin tonight. I'm just telling you if God gives it to you, it's all right. But don't chase everything in this world. You'll wind up empty and miserable with all of it. Amen. I'm simply saying tonight, listen, fleshly desires, lust will get you, in, uh, get you in trouble. If you're gonna disarm the flesh, another result of that is failures in their prayer life. Notice what they said. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Here's people that are praying, but their prayers are not answered. Now, I wanna ask you a question tonight. Is there anything that you can think of that's worth holding on to is there anything you think of that's worth holding on to tonight that's worth costing you in your prayer life? What I mean by that tonight, I don't know if I put it out there just right, but I'm simply saying that there's not a thing that I want that I would forfeit the ability to have my prayers answered over. Brother, I'm telling you tonight, listen, there's no prestige, there's no popularity, there's no name, there's no fame, there's no fortune, there's no material gain in this world that I would trade for being able to be able to pray to God and know, as I heard that old song a while ago, to know that he heard my earnest prayer. There's nothing worth trading that for tonight. I'd rather live on a bridge, under a bridge and know that God's ear was turned toward my way and that he was ready to hear my prayer. I'm telling you, you can't put a price tag on being able to pray. It's good to ask others to pray for you and it's good to have faithful people that will pray for you and I'll tell you something friend you've got to learn to get a hold of God for yourself and for your others amen I'm telling you friend listen I'm glad the preacher can pray for me I'm glad people in the church can pray for me but there may be a time in your life when you don't have time to call them and you're going to have to get on your knees and pray and you need to be able to get a hold of God in those hours and so you got to crucify the flesh so that your prayers can be answered amen a lot of things can hinder our prayers, can't they? And if we're gonna believe God for bigger things in 2019, we're gonna to have to learn to pray more. Failures in their prayer life, friendship with the world. Notice what he said, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is the enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You realize tonight holding hands with the world will cost you the power of God. Brother, tonight, worldliness is something we seldom hear preached on anymore. But can I tell you something? God's people needs to be holy people. 
We need to live clean lives, don't we? I'm telling you, that we're not perfect. We, we, we all have sin in our life that we have to deal with, but we ought to confess it and forsake it. Can I get an amen? amen. That's how you deal with sin. You confess it and you forsake it. Don't do any good to confess it and then pick it right back up again. You gotta confess it and then you gotta forsake it. That means if it's in your house, get it out of your house. That means if it's in your car, get it out of your car. That means if it's someone that's in your life that is causing you to stumble, then you gotta get get away from them. You can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the sea of the scornful. Listen, living a clean life means that when I confess it to God, I say, God, I'm sorry for it and by your grace and by your help, I'm not gonna pick it up again. I'm not gonna do it again. Lord, if you give me the strength to get rid of it and the strength to overcome it in my life, then I'm going to let it go. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's strife. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's a gossiping tongue. I don't know what it is tonight, but whatever it is, you ought to put it on the altar. You ought to confess it and you ought to forsake it and say, God, help me this week. I want to have victory over it rather than it having victory over me tonight. Disarm the flesh. Maybe it's a negative attitude. Maybe it's being unthankful. Maybe it's, maybe it's a bad spirit, a bitter spirit. I don't know. Maybe it's an angry spirit as we mentioned last week. Disarm those things that are causing a stumbling block in your life. Maybe it's a lack of prayer. Maybe it's a lack of Bible reading and you need to get back into the word of God. Don't let the flesh take away your Bible time. Don't let the flesh rob you of your prayer time. Don't let the flesh uh, cause you not to pass out a track. Pray for boldness and say, dear God, give me wisdom but give me boldness to pass out those tracks and not surrender to the flesh don't let the flesh dominate your life you can rise above it you can have victory I'm not preaching some Joel Osteen message tonight where everything every day's a Friday and you can rise above all your problems you can't do it and I can't do it in ourselves. but the Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that's in this world hallelujah we don't have to be a slave to sin in this room tonight look at me everybody in this room if you'll think about it for just one second, including this pastor, we all have sin that we deal with. Whatever that sin is that comes to your mind right now, you ought to deal with it. And I want to stop and say this before I move on, and I'll move on tonight. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You say, I want to overcome my sin, but I don't know how. As a man thinketh in his heart. Now, here's what I want you to do. Now, I don't want you to, I don't want everybody in this room to not think about an elephant right now. Think about anything but an elephant. I promise you, everybody in this room is thinking about an elephant right now. But I told you, don't think about an elephant. You know what's so funny about that? Right before I made that statement, probably nobody was thinking about an elephant. Isn't it amazing how when something is brought to our attention, we start thinking on it. Do you know why the world paints their billboards, their magazine racks, why everything is plastered? Because they want you to think on those things. Paul said, what sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good report? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are pure? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. You don't want to think about trash? Don't let trash get in your eyes and your ear. Amen. 
Well, I want to think more on God. I, I want to think more about the, the spiritual things. Then you've got to put them before you. You've got to put them things before you. You've got to put them in here. You've got to put them in here. And the more you put them in this eye gate and this ear gate, they'll get down in the recesses of your soul. You'll win the battle of the mind through the eyes and the ears. You'll never win the victory if you don't read the Bible. You'll never win the victory if you don't listen to the right things. As long as you become a slave to this world and you let the flesh listen and look at things that it ought not be listening and looking at, you're never gonna have no victory because the battleground is the mind and the victory is in the heart. But I tell you, when we cut them things off and we put the right thing before us, the psalmist said, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. When you set the right thing before you and you put the right thing in your ear, then you win the battle in your mind and you get the victory in your heart. That's how you win with God, friend. You've got to disarm the flesh, amen. Don't give it the weapons to win the battle. Secondly, not only a disarmament of the flesh, but a devotion to God. I'll mention these and be done tonight. He talks about in verse number six, a secret. He said this, he said, but he giveth more grace. The secret is this, wherefore God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know tonight, someone that'll stiff, stiffen their neck and harden their heart and say, I'm not coming to the altar. I'm not going down there. I'm not taking, I don't like what he preached. There's no hope for you with that attitude. But I'll tell you something. The person that has made more mistakes than they can ever remember, that'll just humbly get up and say, Dear God, he's preaching to me tonight. Lord, I need that. Hey, I need that tonight. I'm telling you, folks. God, that's me. And you come down that aisle and you get on your knees and say, oh God, would you have mercy on me? You know what he'll do? He'll show you mercy. He'll help you tonight. You know why that is? Because God's a merciful God. The secret is, is that when we humble ourselves, we find grace tonight. Then there's submission, as he said in verse number seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God and separation from the devil. Resist the devil. Stand. And he said, he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You know what that means tonight? That if you'll take a step toward God, God will take a step toward you. Brother, when you sit down, you know, you go home at night, sometimes the flesh will say, don't read your Bible. Has y'all's flesh ever said that? Oh, you're too tired to read the Bible tonight. You know, you, you, you probably got enough strength to watch another hour of television. <laughs> but don't read your Bible. You can't, t- I promise you, if you can't sleep, open your Bible. You think Benadryl knock you out. Start reading your Bible. I don't care if it's seven o'clock at night. If the sun goes down, you'll get sleepy. And I'm t- I think the devil starts stroking you on the top of the head when you start reading. Amen. <laughs> don't tell you something. Read your Bible. The flesh will say, don't read your Bible. He try to talk you out of that devotion to God. You ought to set goals. You ought to, you ought to say, well, people make fun of people who read by their, through their Bible you know, every year. So you set them four chapters a day and read through your Bible. I'm going to tell you something. At least somebody's setting goals in their life. You call it a New Year's resolution or whatever you want to. I guarantee you the person making fun of people reading through their Bible probably doesn't read a thimble full of Bible. Isn't that right? Set some goals and read through the Word of God. Read the manual that God gave you. 
to have a victorious Christian life. You ought to know it. You don't have to be a preacher or teacher, but you ought to put your nose in the Word of God every day. I'm talking about draw nigh to God. God sees you read that book. And when you read that book, He draws nigh. When you spend time in prayer, I don't know how you are, but I never have been someone that's been good to to, to pray uh, elegant prayers. I, I don't know how to articulate words in prayer. I just tell God what's in my heart. And sometimes I pray and I feel like my prayer is just a big mess. I mean, I, I say everything I want to say to God. I say everything that's in my heart, but sometimes I come to the end of that prayer and I'll just say, Lord, I don't even know if any of this makes sense. I, I'm just trying to tell you the best way I know how. I'm just trying to pray. God, I, I'm going to tell you something. He knows our heart. He knows our burdens. And I'll tell you, God's not interested in pretty long prayers. He just wants to hear some earnest praying, some fervent praying. Just get on your face and say, dear God, thank you for a good wife. Thank you for my good children. Thank you, Lord, for a good church to go to. Lord, thank you for food on my table and clothes on my back. Lord, thank you for shoes on my feet. Lord, thank you for a good place to sleep and a pillow to put my head on at night. God, thank you for a warm house, a roof over my head. Thank you, dear God, for all the blessings that comes with salvation. Thank you for your darling son who went to Calvary and died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that walks with me and guides me and leads me. Oh God, thank you for being the dearest friend that I've ever had. Thank you for all the times you picked me up and you brought me out of the dung hills of sin. Thank you for every time you lifted me out of the valley. Dear God, thank you. I'm telling you, friend, it may not be a pretty prayer, but it'll get the job done. God hears us when we pray. Hallelujah. Brother, there's times when it seems like my prayers don't get above the ceiling. But I prayed. There's times the devil says, you wasted that period of time. But I prayed. I'm not telling you tonight I always pray like I should pray and want to pray. But I'm telling you prayer works tonight. You have not because you ask not. When's the last time you asked God for it? Amen. I won't finish this sermon tonight. When's the last time you asked God for it? You didn't ask nobody else. Some of you sitting here tonight, if you could get out of debt, you'd, be, you'd have more victory than you've had in years. And you've tried to get out of debt. You're always robbing Peter to pay Paul. So, preacher, I don't know what to do. Have you asked God to help you get out of debt? You've tried everything. Don't run to the bank. Run to God. So I've made a lot of foolish mistakes. Tell God that. Who hasn't made foolish mistakes? Who hasn't made financial decisions that you ever bought anything and you knew you shouldn't have bought it? Remember I bought something more than one time, but I remember one time in particular. And finally one day I said, God, I'm tired of living in debt. I know we have to have a certain amount. But I said, God, I'm tired of living like this. I've made some foolish mistakes. You say, I wouldn't say that. Well, when you preach, you have to say what God tells you. Maybe it'll help somebody tonight. 
I said, God, I don't even know how I can get out of this, but I said, if you'll help me one paycheck at a time, I'll do what you say to do. I said, I'll give my tithes, and I have. But I'll pay my tithes first. Lord, if you'll help me get this debt off of me, I'll get it off of me. I'm going to tell you something. You'll be amazed at what God will do. You'll never get out of debt if you don't tithe. Somebody say amen. Amen. You can't get ahead robbing God. You say, well, I can't afford. You can't afford not to tithe. You give God and say, Lord, this is all I got left. Will you help me? You'll be amazed what God will do for you. I'm talking about tonight. There's other things. There's problems tonight that you would fix it in a heartbeat if you could. But you can't. I told my wife one day, I said, well, this long, long time ago, something that drove me crazy for a long time. I told my wife one day, I said, you know what? Can't change people. Can't change circumstances. I said, but you can pray for both. I said, I can't do anything. I said, and I'm tired. I said, no, Lita, I'm so sick and tired of worrying about this thing. I said, I'm done. I said, whatever happens, I said, God, it's just whatever happens, you're in control of it. I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm going to tell you something. That's been several years ago. It took about another year for God to take care of everything. But I'm going to tell you what he did. He gave me victory long before he ever gave the answer. But Blake, I wished that I'd have let go of it two years before I did problem was I wasn't asking. I was trying to hold on to it myself. Trying to take care of it myself. You have not because I wonder in 2019 there's so many things I want to see God do in this church in 2019. And I know within ourselves we can't but I believe tonight we can. I believe tonight that we're standing on the brink of the river. And tonight I believe the Holy Spirit. I believe this for several weeks. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling I believe he's calling tonight. I believe he's been putting out a call saying, hey, how many of y'all, if you haven't already, how many of y'all would like to cross on over and trust me and believe me tonight? Have you ever done that? You ever crossed that river and stepped out and said, God, I don't know how, but by faith, by faith, I trust you. I'll tell you, it'll be a great day in your life. Lord, I trust you with this. Whatever the outcome is, good or bad, I know you get the glory. And I trust you. I'm going to tell you something. There's victory in what I just said tonight. Not because I said it. Because God said it. I believe all my heart tonight. He said, and out of cause we stand. I don't know what it is tonight where you're at. I'm talking about a pathway to power. Don't you want it tonight? I tell you, if God can ever get a hunger and a thirst in His people once again, don't you want that power? That's God's power. It's God's power tonight. You can't change. You got family members and friends and circumstances. You can't change those things. But there is a God in heaven tonight. He can, he can do what we cannot do.